show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly. Yes, uh, there was some uh, episode stuff last week in the form of a match preview and, of course, our live streams. But we are back with an episode of Five Stripe Weekly this week. Uh, lots to talk about in terms of transfers and, of course, us crashing out of League's Cup. Uh, yeah, very, very bitter stuff there. Uh, of course, our first match was against Lionel Messi and Inter Miami, the newly uh, energized, re-energized Inter Miami. And, uh, yeah, we fell into a buzzsaw there in... Uh, and for Lauderdale, that was not fun whatsoever. 4-0 loss there. And uh, Lionel Messi, there was a, yeah, that was that was a creaming. That was a, oh, yeah, two goals. And uh, also Robert Taylor, he also uh, did a number on us. Both players had braces. And we played scared. We played like a team that had... Uh, their eyes in the headlights because, you know, it is. He in the is limelight. In the limelight. I mean, Santiago Sosa uh, forgot to mark his man. Uh, yeah, you had a number of players play really below their means. And, yeah, this is a... Uh, this was a really bad match. I don't, we're not going to go too in-depth. We went... Pretty in depth in the live streams post match, so you can check those out. But yeah, please check those out, guys. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Even when we uh, <laughs> we get smacked up four nil, uh, yeah, it's still free therapy for you. So uh, yeah, you can definitely check those out for that. But uh, yeah, and then our Cruz Azul match at the Benz. Usually it's a fortress for us. It's not that the this past uh, weekend it was rough, a bit rough in the sense that, uh, yeah, I mean ultimately we fall in penalties, but uh, yeah we we play pretty well. We play pretty well in this match, but ultimately uh, Cruz Azul, yeah they uh, they kind of gut punch us. We are able to, uh, you know, uh, do what we are able to do at home, which is, yeah, uh, do enough <laughs> to get it into, uh, like, saving face type of uh, territory. But in penalties, it's just, uh, that's the roughest way to go. Absolutely. And, if I uh, ever have to see Barry take a penalty again, I don't know yeah. what I'll do. I know exactly, and uh, you know. Luckily, I don't think that's uh, that's probably possible for the rest of this year, unless we make MLS Cup and it goes to penalties. But uh, that's <laughs> who knows, who knows. But there there are some moves that were made to uh, maybe get us there. We'll we'll find out. Obviously, we'll talk about all the moves, as there were many. But yeah, you know, uh, Brooks Lennon, Tristan Muyamba, Miguel Berry, Tiago Amada, Yogos Yakumakis, and Juanjo Porata all took penalties. And, uh, of course, Berry and Porata were the ones that missed. And Cruz Azul were able Why to... Why is Porata taking penalties? 
yeah, it, it's perplexing. There are a lot more attackers, uh, but it's one of those things where maybe he's still one of the more senior players. I would hope that uh, they saw something in the uh, penalty kick training that they did midweek to be able to say, okay, with confidence, Porata should be one of the uh, ones taking it early. As he was the sixth one, but still, oi, 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 oi. It was uh, heartbreaking. And yeah, I mean, at the bends, to suffer that kind of loss in penalties, we've, uh, we've experienced it before, unfortunately, against the Columbus crew, of course, in 2017. Oh, yeah. So we are familiar with this type of heartbreak. But uh, getting yeah. shushed by Adam yeah. John. Yeah, exactly. We got shushed then. We uh, we didn't get shushed this time, but it was a little bit more of a natural shush of just the hush of the crowd as they just uh, sauntered out and inside the stadium. Uh, yeah, you know, very much you heard uh, a very loud uh, Azul fan base where. They were in unison screaming out, Azul, Azul. And then as well, when you're leaving the stadium, Azul, Azul. It just didn't feel like a, a home game at all. They followed AJ back home to his apartment while he's trying to sleep. Azul, Azul. Azul, exactly. No, I mean, they didn't actually do that, obviously, but I felt like I heard it in my dreams and my nightmares, obviously. But, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's just one of these games that uh, you want to quickly forget. Uh, you know, even though we played, like, decently well, it's, you know, numbers were all in our favor. The hard part is obviously uh, going out uh, in yet another tournament in 2023. And so, yeah, you know, the uh, Cruz Azul head coach... He was on the hot seat. If he didn't make it out of the tournament in this round, he probably would have been let go. Gonzalo Pineda was not given that really type of ultimatum. And uh, yeah, you, yeah, I think, I think you see the lack of urgency a little bit. Maybe you, you see the team able to, you know, come back, but it ultimately is just not something that uh, you kind of felt like was priority and yeah uh it is it what it is uh one more draw that becomes a 5-4 loss in penalties but uh yeah i mean brad guzan didn't really cover himself in glory either with uh there there was one penalty that was just right at him and he just couldn't couldn't do anything about it it was like right to his right and his reactions are that of a player that is his age and uh yeah it's tough it's tough to swallow all of this but so uh yeah we also talked about it in the live stream post-match uh so you can check out all of that in that stream it was uh maybe not as fun in some regards but you you get to see some of the forfeits that uh, definitely happened from us, and when we uh, possibly, you'll have to watch it, but uh, took some red asses. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should be watching our uh, post-match live streams anyway. So, But anyway, uh, that is the League's Cup. We crash out. 
Uh, we, yeah, you know, Lionel Messi and uh, Inter Miami are playing tonight. We're recording this on a Wednesday for full transparency. And uh, yeah, they're playing Orlando City. And I, I am rooting for Inter Miami. Um, let's be real. Let's. Uh, yeah, I hope Miami beats the Disney Kings. Yeah, there's uh, there is no reality in which I will be rooting for Orlando City. Uh, yeah, so it is uh, it is interesting. Uh, hopefully they go through because it makes us look a little bit better too. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, that's definitely yeah. <laughs> that's definitely the route to uh, I think uh, to go about all that as well. But League's Cup, we I crash out. Currently winning two to one. Okay, there it is. So. Uh, we, yeah, we're getting live updates on this Five Stripe Weekly, but uh, yeah, so <laughs> it is uh, it is an unfortunate League's Cup foray for us, and we have a three-week break in which, uh, yeah, we made a ton of transfers on the transfer deadline day, and we have all the time in the world to bring in international slots and visas for these players and get them all trained up, so... Uh, that at least I guess is the caveat is the plus the positives and who are those players let's talk about them so first up the first player that came in this window uh, n- notwithstanding of uh, Tristan Muyamba, of course in which we talked about him in previous uh, episodes but Jamal Tiare he is a Senegalese striker free agent and yeah, uh, he came from, uh, well, previously anyway, a league de side, but they won uh, the uh, their league and was able to get into League 1. But La Havre, uh, that side, he is now also uh, with us with an international <laughs> slot. Uh, and will require a visa as well. But uh, yeah, Carlos Bocanegra, he mentioned uh, his profile uh, in terms of Tiare's is one that translates well to this league, quote, and will complement the group of players that we uh, that we'll have for the final stretch of the season. He's a veteran striker who has a proven goal scorer throughout his career, and uh, we're looking forward to having him bolster our attack. He's a 30-year-old Ford, and uh, yeah, he basically has played in Belgium and uh, the French League, and it's basically, yeah, the numbers the numbers aren't impressive, but uh, yeah, he's coming in as a backup striker, and I would... Yeah, let's talk about that natural goal-scoring uh, statistics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, there is that, uh, I think... We probably see him usurping uh, Miguel Berry as the backup striker and being Gigi's understudy. But, uh, yeah, he had his breakout season, quote-unquote, in 2017-18 when he won the Golden Boot in the uh, Championnat National League with 14 goals in 29 matches played. And, uh, yeah, that earned him a move up to Le Havre in Ligue 2. But uh, yeah, the uh, the Senegalese forward, he's made 29 appearances across all competitions, scoring nine goals and adding three assists in his first season with Le Havre. 
Uh, and then he established himself as a starter the following season, scoring eight goals in 20 league de starts. And this past season, TRA, he contributed four goals and five assists, helping Le Havre with uh, the league de title that won them promotion back into league. Uh. So, uh, yeah. In the five seasons, he totaled 31 goals and 18 assists in 129 appearances across all competitions. So it's not a bad uh, return. It's just not super inspiring. But as a backup striker, it's much better than what McGill Berry has uh, has given us. Let's be real. But uh, and yes, as a backup striker. He yeah. somehow managed eight yellow cards last season. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's concerning. Yeah. Uh, d- discipline, obviously not a strong suit. Uh, also, uh, staying with clubs, also not a strong suit. He's uh, been a free transfer for about four clubs that he's been at. Uh, no transfer fee has been recorded through his time uh, at those clubs. So, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, no team has wanted to keep him. Uh, for really that long. I mean, La Havre, the longest, of course. Uh, so we hope that... Uh, all time. Right. So, but we hope that, you know, with that discipline issue, it's not actually as well an off-field discipline issue either. But, uh, you know, uh, at the very least, he, uh, yeah, can play across all three of the four positions. So, uh, yeah, there is some depth there in that sense. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he can contribute uh, some of those goals. He's a six-foot-tall forward. So, uh, yeah, you know, at least in this league, pretty decent height to be able to uh, hopefully also win some headers. But, uh, yeah, do you have any any other things on TRA before we move on to our next new signing? Uh, Not much. I just thought that I because I was trying to find statistics that I thought no one else would be able to or was able to, to to see and the yellow card one really stuck out to me so i was like i'm gonna mention that one because oh man yeah that's so it weird is. so weird yeah you know so gg and uh tra will basically he, just, he comes on the field pissed. like yeah exactly I don't know. yeah and you know it's that uh that striker not you know if you don't score you're pissed uh maybe it's that you know, uh, maybe you uh, you miss a sitter or something like that, and then you go back and you foul one of the center backs or something. You know, who knows? But, uh, you know, between Gigi and Tiare, I think there will be a lot of yellow cards from the striker position. And uh, unfortunately, hopefully not, we might be seeing Miguel Berry. Uh, <laughs> so, don't even, don't even say it. Yeah, so hopefully... We can uh, really quell these uh, these discipline issues from both of our strikers uh, in the near future. But anyway, uh, next up, the uh, really, I mean, this player wasn't really rumored uh, until the day before he signed. But uh, Shonda Silva, a forward winger, uh, kind of a uh, combination type of uh, forward, is uh, the newest five stripe as well. Uh, he's a Portuguese player uh, from the French side Gijon FCO, and uh, he's on loan for the remainder of the 2023 season with an option to purchase. Uh, he will also occupy an international slot and require a visa. But Boca said, we're excited to welcome Shonda to the club. 
and we look forward to him providing an impact over the final stretch of the season. He's a versatile attacker who will provide more competition on the wing and has the ability to play anywhere across the front three. Uh, and he's a 26-year-old. He's made 172 career professional appearances. He's recorded 25 goals and 9 assists. Not a fantastic return there, but uh, hoping he's more in the provider uh, route. But uh, yeah, he, uh, he spent... Uh, a lot of time in the, uh, you know, kind of European leagues there. Uh, he's also uh, not only played for, been part of the team, at least uh, in the squad for West Ham, uh, but yeah, never really played. Uh, but uh, he also, uh, yeah, I mean, he was playing for the U21s. Uh, at West Ham there. And then he also got some time at Nottingham Forest where uh, he recorded an assist in 10 appearances. Uh, but yeah, he uh, moved to Dijon in the French second division where he made 32 league appearances and he had six goals and three assists. So, I mean, not a fantastic return, but it is pretty decent for a winger, but it's still not, yeah, we're not expecting a world beater here. We're expecting, you know, just some veteran depth, someone that's, uh, you know, going to be able to bring some, uh, some pace, some creativity, uh, a little bit of physicality as well, as he looks uh, somewhat of a unit, a little bit uh, at five ten, and uh, you know, at least for a winger, pretty large. But uh, yeah, you know, a guy that uh, I think will. I think looking at his uh, his player profile, I mean, it's someone that I think offers something a little bit different from uh, kind of the more diminutive, uh, kind of pacey winger yeah. that uh, we have currently. Um, you know, and so that experience will be really, really key. Of course, that does not include Machop Chol, who yeah, no one would ever call diminutive, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, He's for lanky. sure. Yeah, he is lanky. He's thin and lanky, but he's not, you know, stocky and bulky. But mm-hmm. you know, he's he's got some some muscle. Exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Michael, if you have any uh, kind of tidbits on him that uh, you'd like to add. Yeah, for Sean Day, we have one interesting fact about him. Um, it's kind of a combination of facts that build into one kind of narrative that. 96 matches played spread out over five leagues and around eight years he has 59 shots in his entire career professional career and 19 of them are on target for a 28.8 percent hit rate so that's just interesting to know the guy even though he's been a professional soccer player for like eight or so years in terms of like his registered shots he's only had like 59 and of that, 19 were on goal across five leagues over eight years. That's yeah. a startling it's, list of statistics yes. to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, startling, troublesome. Uh, screams out a player that maybe isn't the most confident in front of goal and isn't going to be shooting a lot. Uh, but I guess, yeah, you have this. I mean, you had Luis Adarujo, who was very shot happy. So I guess he's the antithesis a little bit in that regard. 
uh, and hopefully he can bring a little bit more creativity than uh, Luis Adarujo uh, was able to bring. But uh, yeah, you know we're definitely shopping in the uh, in League Two, uh, where previously, yeah, of course Adarujo he came from League One, and uh, man, I don't know, like. Uh, you said this on Twitter, and I think it's uh, it's very uh, illuminating. Is that yeah? We hopefully this foray into this French division goes a lot better than Ligue, because uh, uh, yeah, it is. Ligue Ligue was not exactly uh, the best return, bang for buck, I would say, and. Uh, yeah, hopefully Shande Silva will be able to, uh, yeah, be, uh, yeah, along with Tiare, one of the players that uh, can help us get into the playoffs, stay in the playoffs, maybe get a playoff win. So, but uh, yeah, definitely a uh, a very interesting kind of uh, move in the sense that uh, you know with that option to buy, maybe we're looking at a player that's uh, maybe it's that uh, underappreciated kind of Jose Martinez type of uh, territory. Not to say that he's going to be as good, <laughs> but just saying underappreciated. But yeah. uh, <laughs> So moving on, we have the very hard to say, and we'll say it, but uh, Saba Labjanidze. Uh, he comes from, he's a Georgian winger. Uh, he comes in as a designated player. Uh, the, uh, I guess, prevailing theory is that he will be a player that would be bought down uh, with allocation money. So uh, we will find out if that is the case. But uh, it seems like the uh, team doesn't want to be tied down possibly to a high-priced designated player. But uh, he is a player that was targeted early on in the transfer window and... Uh, yeah, Carlos Bocanegra mentioned that uh, Saba is a player we have been speaking with since early in the transfer window, and he continued to show his commitment and desire to come to Atlanta throughout the process. Saba brings international quality and experience, having played in World Cup and UEFA Euro qualifying in addition to top leagues in Europe. We look forward to integrating him into the team as quickly as possible. So, yeah, he comes from Turkish Super League side Hatispor. And, uh, yeah, he will be uh, <clears throat> he will be signed through the 2026 season. Uh, he's 28 years old, born in Tbilisi, Georgia. And, and that's not this Georgia, obviously. That's the European Georgia, the country. Uh, and, yeah, he, he's not a player that uh, really lit up the score sheet. He has 288 total appearances, 69 goals, and 57 assists across all club competitions. It's not a terrible return. Uh, I would say that's probably about, like, I don't know. Uh, my quick math is bad, so I'm not even going to try it. But <laughs> it's uh, it's in, the, I think, probably, what, the 0 .2, 0 .3 uh, goal contributions a game, probably. Something like that um, in terms of... Uh, at least for goals. But, uh, yeah, he came through uh, his uh, hometown club, Dinamo Tbilisi. And, yeah, in terms of throughout his career, uh, he's played 
with a number of European clubs that are very difficult to say. Uh, we could try them. Why not? Let's let's give it a crack. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, he signed for Hadaspor in the summer of 2021 after uh, coming from Ankara Guku, uh, and uh, that's where he suffered relegation. Turkish fans have at us, but uh, <laughs> and uh, Georgian fans also have at, at least us. We're trying. Exactly. At least we're trying. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, what was really interesting was uh, this last season at Hadaspor, uh, he made 21 appearances in league play before an earthquake unfortunately forced the club to withdraw from the competition. And so, yeah, uh, it probably, you know, maybe has a part in all of this. I'm pontificating 100% on, the, on this, but I would imagine uh, he's a player that's maybe was uh, ultimately sacrificed as, uh, you know, when you don't have money coming in from the competition, you probably have to get rid of some players because you can't afford their contracts anymore. And so it is, uh, you know, maybe our benefit to that regard. But, uh, yeah, ultimately uh, he's a player that uh, is coming in as a designated player and has some people worried in that regard because is he going to be good enough to uh, really, I think, warrant that? We'll find out. But uh, yes, Michael, do you have any uh, fun tidbits? I think, fun tidbits. Yeah, I think this guy's going to be like in the vein of like a Moreno type of signing uh, in that it's like a bit of a stopgap. Um, yeah, it's a DP. Um, but like as Doug Robertson likes to say, that's an accounting term MLS likes to use. It's very flexible in the way that MLS uses it and teams use it. Uh, and in this case, I think it's going to be similar to what they do with Moreno, which is, you know, get them in on a DP and then buy them down the next season. Um, and then they are just, you know, a, a high TAM or something like that. Um, and then that frees up another DP spot. Um, and then this guy kind of just fits in with the rest of the team without taking up any of those big DP uh, spots. And then we'll see what we get because um, and this kind of goes into kind of uh, theorizing about next season. Um, you know, we may not like, you know, we have some of these guys on like a uh, possibility of being bought. We have some guys that are being bought down perhaps in the future. Um, it seems like the club is being very conservative and safe in terms of their signings at this moment. Yes, they need signings. Yes, they have to try and make a push for the playoffs. They have to remain a competitive team. I mean, the, the, their fans want that and demand that so they're at least trying to do that however i think that they're holding back and i think they're doing that strategically could be one of several reasons the two most interesting reasons could be one or both that we might be getting a new coach a new coach would probably like to have a hand in picking their largest biggest players second possibility is that uh mls could be having some roster reg, uh regulation changes come up next season we don't want to have our hands tied with big contracts if we can then go kind of crazy next season with signings. So I think those two things, uh, these signings have their eyes on that. Uh, that's just two theories. That I don't know if either one is true or going to happen, but they're possibilities. So perhaps that gives a reason why they're being conservative. And, you know, they had like, and it's interesting that they had such a quote unquote quiet window until it wasn't. Uh, they kept a lot of this close to their chest too, which 
Um, you know, we've done it in the past with like kind of at least the last round of signings, but um, usually the club likes to tease it. You know, rumors want to get out, but they were they were pretty good at keeping them quiet this time. So it'll be interesting going forward to see how they do the signings and who comes in. And I expect some really big things uh, in the offseason and next season. Which hopefully is the case, but uh, whether it's actually going to happen or not, uh, we'll see. Uh, apparently, according to some Seattle Sounders fans, uh, in terms of Garth Lagerway, the offseason, uh, in terms of winter transfer windows, isn't usually the most busy, apparently, at least with uh, Lagerway. So uh, that's interesting, definitely. Uh, of course, if the rules loosen up uh, because of Lionel Messi, then okay, yeah, there might be definitely some uh, some things in the future coming up that uh, would affect it, and that you would imagine the team would try to take advantage of, uh, you know, any sort of roster, uh, I guess, loosening up of uh, you know the structure of MLS, but. Uh, yeah, apparently Lagerway in the past, he's usually shopped in the summer window, uh, you know, to really take advantage of those players. Isn't that's... that the best window to shop in, too? Agreed, I think, because uh, you tend to overpay in the winter windows, uh, because obviously a lot of teams are playing around then, MLS usually is not, but uh, yeah, and that becomes a thing where... Uh, prying a player away from their club in the middle of a season often not the easiest thing to do so uh, it is something that uh, we'll keep an eye on obviously and see how the winter transfer window goes but as of right now we made four moves in the summer transfer window and yeah Muyamba. as of today it's closed yeah and as of today it's closed but Muyamba, Tiare, Silva, and Labzanidze. It's, uh, yeah, definitely a uh, very interesting bunch. Uh, you have midfielders, wingers, and forwards, but no defense, which is fascinating when we are the, if not the leakiest team, uh, maybe second leakiest in the league. And, uh, yeah, I mean... On paper, our guys seemingly should be fine, right? But it's that. Uh, Muyamba seems to be a little bit more uh, kind of a box-to-box, -box, but possibly could play that number six as well. We'll find out. But, uh, yeah, Santiago Sosa maybe and uh, Muyamba are maybe the double pivot uh, moving forward anyway. So at least uh, up until the uh, playoffs begin. Or if, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, a Johnny Fortune if he is able to make a name for himself and stake a claim we will find out but definitely uh, that is the team now we uh, yeah I mean <laughs> I don't know like I, I guess the question for you Michael is does this move the needle for us to get us into the playoffs ah uh, that's a tough question I th I think it was already in dire straits in that we may not make it because um, our schedule is going to be pretty hellish going forward. Um, I mean, you, it depends. Like, if these guys can hit the ground running and if they can, you know, we, they get all their visa stuff taken care of, 
and they get enough time to train, um, get up to speed, build some chemistry with the team. Uh, I mean, they can, they could probably do something, um, like, cause it's not that hard to make into the playoffs this year. So you would hope that they could do it. Are they going to get a number four seed with like an at-home playoff match? Absolutely not. It's just not going to happen. I don't know where Garth came up with that. I don't know why they put that flag down there because that was just incredibly optimistic. But, um, I mean, you have like Labanitze on the left wing, you know, Yakamakis the striker, Silva on right wing, um, Miyamba is the six, Amada is the 10. Pick your poison with Sejik Soso Hosetu as the eight or something like that. Um, and I, 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 it's crazy we have Parata still as the left center back. Like, it would have been interesting to get a another defensive man in there for rotation purposes. Um, Noah Cobb, I don't think, is there yet. Um, we have Robinson, who's reliable. He's not had the best year, but he's reliable. Um, we still have Lennon and Wiley. Those are solid pieces on the left and or the right and left, respectively. Um, and I get we. St- I would be interested to in give Diop more chances and goal. Maybe Westberg. Maybe not Westberg. But Guzan just looks shaky sometimes. Yeah, he's got the leadership, but he just looks a little shaky sometimes. Um, and also, he also I forgot to mention Alonso. I want to see more of Alonso. On um, I mean, I know you know they go up a little bit with Miyamba, but like Alonso looked good um, when he comes out as a finisher. Um, so I mean, that team that I just mentioned could. I think do a number if the chemistry is there, if their legs are under them. Um, and, you know, they're all playing with, uh, I don't know, some renewed vigor that perhaps they get from a three week break. I would think it'd probably be the other way and that they'd feel depressed because <laughs> they don't get to play. They don't get to really do their job, the thing that they do. And they are there because they played poorly. I mean, poorly against Miami, of course, not as poorly against La Machina, but like, just wasn't good enough. So, yeah, I, and I, I hopefully it's motivation. Move, you know, just not that much. Right. Yeah, and hopefully that three-week break will serve as also a preseason for some of these players that are coming in as well. So yeah, no, it's a uh, it's some great points. Uh, yeah, on paper, there is seemingly uh, some balance, some uh, some dynamism. So. It could be really, uh, really interesting to see how they all gel together because I think you see some players that are set up for Chago Almada and Yorgos Yakimakis up top there uh, to see how they can uh, play together and just utilize the best strengths of each player. Uh, now, for me to answer that question, I don't think it really does move the needle Uh I don't know if I believe in these players. We'll find out. Uh, I hope the best for these players, and I hope they do perform and uh, all that. But uh, as long as Carlos Bocanegra is still the technical director, uh, I think we've seen just... uh, Fool me once, (laughs) right? Fool me twice. All that. As the saying goes, I'm not being fooled again. And until we are proven otherwise with a better than 50% uh, hit rate, I just, I, I just cannot get excited 
uh, especially seeing these reels, these highlight reels as well, where, yeah, I mean, if you want to call them highlight reels, <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, <laughs> leave a little to be desired there. And so, uh, you know, hopefully it's a, uh, they just come in and are able to show why they were underappreciated, undervalued, and, uh, you know, but it's not like we're prizing away, uh, you know, someone that was overperforming or was killing their league or right. any of that. Like, these are not players that are just, you know, uh, they don't have to be well-known players, but if <laughs> they're at least players that were performing well in their league, and yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I'll, I I'll just add that know. you know none of these players when they were announced made anyone in MLS turn their head and go, "Oh crap!" Yeah, they're just not that kind of player, right? Uh, so with that in regard, like no, like honestly, I, I would doubt. Besides a lot of like really, you know, like people who are super into MLS and like they, they do their own scouting report, that kind of stuff. Like, mm. unless you're that kind of guy, I don't think you're going to know who these players are. Right. And so no right. one's really craning their neck to go like, oh, crap, Elena just signed them. Like, no one's really saying that. Yeah. So, so, yeah, no one's really saying to see that player say. come through the door. <laughs> like, no one's really, honestly, no one can pronounce Lobjanese. So, uh, I'm even questioning, questionably pronouncing it, uh, where I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. But uh, you know, hopefully, Labanitze, Labanitze, yeah. But uh, someone that was obviously uh, turned some heads, Diogo Rossi uh, from Fenerbahce, who was linked to us pretty much all window, uh, at least according to a lot of Turkish sites. Uh, Doug Roberson of the AJC vehemently denied that uh, we were in for him uh, that turned out to be true uh, but it seemed like it was born out of uh, in terms of the confusion anyway uh, the Turkish outlets thinking that uh, because of the discovery rights that possibly Atlanta United held uh, yeah that's there was apparently maybe uh, according to MLS multiplex a $200,000 GAM that went to us from Columbus Crew, who ultimately picked him up. But Rossi definitely is a player that, in MLS, is exciting. He joins a really renewed Columbus Crew side, who, of course, lost Lucas Zellarian, uh, a former MLS MVP. Zellarian! Zellarian, and uh, also... You, you Pronounce, you can pronounce the guy from Georgia that just came here, but you can't pronounce a guy who's been light the league for like uh, several years. Yeah, you know, he's not our player, so I don't care. But uh, <laughs> And he's not in our league anymore, so I don't care. Columbus from yeah. from absolutely, who is it? They did a demolishing job against the Liga Max team like yeah. the other night. Like four, like four to one or something. It was just ridiculous. But yeah, you know, Donington Nagby, of course, is there. Julian Gressel just joined from Vancouver Whitecaps. They're building something there. And uh, yeah, Wolfram Nancy is a really, really good coach in this league. It's annoying because they're in our division and they just got a really good player in Diogo Rossi. And uh, I think if you pulled a lot of LA United fans, they would have preferred Diogo Rossi. So, uh, 
it's one of these things where that's the relevance. That's the, uh, you know, that's, you know. So what would it take? What would it take for you? Would it take like, like a Mbappe signing, like next window (laughs) to like, like blow you away to be like, okay, this was all worth it. Like all of the conservatism was worth. No, or, I mean, or is something else? Yeah, not not a Mbappe signing. I mean, obviously that I'm, I'm taking literally there, but uh, but in terms of I want these players to hit, like they can be underappreciated players, they can be undervalued guys, in the vein of like Jose Martinez, in the vein of like a Tito Vishalba, you know that type of stuff. I'm good for, like I don't mind that. I know what league we're in, but the problem is, is that we haven't been hitting on a number of our players. I mean, and Yorgos Yakamakis is probably the uh, the best player this year that, of course, we signed, but he's a DP. You should hit on your DPs. Uh, Tegomata, of course, past two years. Uh, yeah, you should also hit on your young DP. That is absolutely what needs to happen. But it's the... It's the 4 through 11, it's the 12 through 18 players that obviously have not been cutting the mustard. And uh, that's been the problem. And we need to see more of a hit rate on those for us to really, I think, uh, get back that trust into the front office. Well, maybe Sean De Silva will cut the mustard for you since he's from Dijon. From Dijon, yes. Uh, by the way, that that uh, I'll see uh, myself out. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But no, uh, on that the uh, the tweet and you know the kind of uh, Darren Eels esque uh, tease that came out before then, uh, the Dijon mustard on the Chick Fil A sandwich. You're crazy, guys. It's gross. <laughs> it's not the move. It's not the move. Nope. But anyway, uh, it's either Polynesian sauce or buffalo sauce, guys. Be real, but uh, anyway. Chick Fil A special sauce, or, or the or the special sauce, yeah, exactly. But not the Dijon, not the mustard. But anyway, uh, so uh, last bit of news, pretty much, uh, is that LNI two, uh, they were playing this past weekend and will be playing this week as well. But uh, they lost two nil to Columbus Crew on Friday night. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, just Atlanta 2. They're not having a banner year either. But, uh, I, yeah. I thought they were doing all right. And then all of a yeah. sudden, it's just lost, 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 lost. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where, yes, uh, we have a player there that is doing gangbusters. But, uh, yeah, we also can't bring him up. So, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of these things. Like... Welcome to MLS. When does he get sold? Like, how, what does he have to do? I know, right? Like, I mean, next season probably will uh, probably include him in the squad. I would imagine, but yep, Nick Firmino. Uh, yeah, he's a guy that's a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of fans want to be able to see, uh, you know, kind of what he can do for the uh, for the first team. But we'll just have to wait. We will just have to wait. But uh, but yeah, so that is the news and pretty much the entire episode, except for the question of the day. 
So the question of the day for you guys is, which of these players do you think will hit for us the best anyway? And so. bonus question, comment down below with your favorite Chick-fil-A sauce. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, find out what your favorite hate chicken sauce is. But uh, <laughs> what's yours? What's yours, Michael? Uh, probably the, the Chick-fil-A special sauce, yeah. Okay. Right. Put that shit on anything. Uh-huh. That's, well, that's a, that's a different slogan for, uh... A... I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Is that, uh, Frank's? <laughs> I, I, I don't is. remember. I, I just remember it it's, like a, it's like a grandma who says it, right? I think so, yeah. But, either way, anyway, and that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, <laughs> my